You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Special edition of Colt Chanero Chat on this Thursday afternoon. I'm Jeremy, joined by Robbie. We're going to be answering some of your Twitter questions that were submitted on Tuesday. We want to thank you all again for submitting uh, these queries. We've got some fascinating ones to uh, dive into today, don't we? Yeah, yeah, I saw them on, on, on Twitter, and thanks for them, and we, yeah, we will, we'll get, we'll get stuck into them here. And our goal is to get through as many as we can in the next half an hour. So let's crack those knuckles and get started. <laughs> where do we where do we want to go first, Robbie? Um, I don't mind. What do we have? We we've got transfers, tactics, um, which I don't I don't mind. What what do you think? Yeah, let's just pick one and get started. Uh, from at DS Atletico for life. Should Atletico sign Griezmann on a permanent deal, following uh his loan from from Barca? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this talk about transfers with, um, with by saying that I think any transfer talk we have is kind of relies on whether or not Diego Simeone is going to be in charge of the club next season. Sure. Um, and I think that if if he is to, um, if he is to stay on, I would say yes, keep Griezmann because. I think Simeone is probably uh, is the kind of manager who could get the 
the, the who can, as we've seen, get the most out of of of, of Antoine Griezmann. When we look back on his career, as uh, assuming he doesn't just like completely tear it up somewhere in in for the next three or four years, Diego Simeone will be the manager who got the the absolute most out of him and 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 turned him into one of the best players in the world because since he when he left for for to go to Barcelona he he, he didn't um he couldn't shine and I understand that that was the, the situation at Barcelona and uh, mm-hmm. wasn't a very smart move from him from him but um but if Simeone stays on I would yeah I'd keep him definitely and uh, oh sorry not definitely uh, depending on the the financials of the deal too like I don't know what I don't know what exactly they are and what what his um uh, what what his wages currently are and who's paying them, um. So, and whether or not he'd be willing to take a pay cut, uh, but uh, which they would all depend on that. But yeah, if if Simeone stays, I I probably would, depending on the financials of the deal. But if not, I I think maybe. And I would hope that Atletico are thinking maybe a more kind of proactive manager, so maybe Griezmann wouldn't fit into that. But uh, yeah, if Simeone stays, I'd, I'd say yes. What do you think? I think it's a, a pretty interesting question. And I think it's a pretty interesting, it could be a reference point on Atletico's transfer strategy this summer and in the coming seasons. Because Griezmann was an, an express the Spanish phrase, an express petition of Simeone, right? Uh, he was a guy that uh, he... Atletico capitalized on the instability at Barca last summer and brought him back on deadline day. And I wouldn't say it's been a smashing success. Griezmann's been injured. He's uh, taken a lot of time to readapt to his surroundings. And I would say he's probably been Atletico's third best forward this year out of the the five on hand. So it's a tough one because I'm not sure how well he's going to age. And I had these concerns when he left for Barca. He's finishing up his peak at Barcelona. He's about to turn 31. He'll be 32 next year when... Uh, the loan deal is set to expire and that option to buy becomes an obligation, I don't think I would trigger it because it's 40 million euros that I think could be spent better elsewhere, perhaps on a younger forward, perhaps on midfield or defensive help. I don't think I would spend that 40 million to make that a permanent deal next year because the the option to buy becomes an obligation if Griezmann plays half the games next season. So Atletico will have to make a decision on that this summer is my guess. And I don't think I'd execute the, the buy option. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's fair enough. Completely fair. And uh, the uh, what, what do you mean by the option turns into an obligation? Yeah, it was really really weird how Barca and Atletico both framed it. Atletico are paying all of Griezmann's wages. Barca made that clear. They're paying a hundred percent, hundred percent of his wages, and Griezmann took a pay cut to come back. Um, for now, it's officially, Ruben Aria reported this, it's officially an option to buy. It turns into an obligation if Griezmann plays half of Atletico's games in the 22-23 season. So it's a really kind of janky uh, formula, but that's what's been reported. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, well, I guess, like, it's kind of, um, I think this raises an even more more interesting question, or, or not not uh, kind of a topic that I, I like to t- think about, is the... It's a scouting or data scouting for the player's right fit at a club. So obviously players will be enticed by money, which is fair enough. But like, if Antoine Griezmann wants to get back to his best, and if that hunger remains there, and if he does see himself with maybe two or three years left at the very top, and he wants to win a couple more trophies, 
assuming that is the case, uh, he'll probably want to, or he should maybe uh, think about, like he went to Barcelona and it's 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 kind of silly to say he he ruined his career or he 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 wasted two years or whatever yeah that's overstating getting, it for sure yeah like he was getting paid millions of euros and, and things <laughs> well, like that that helps but what was the plan i and 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 i know uh atletico sold or got, sold him because um they knew he wanted to leave and Griezmann wanted to go but like you know and I understand that sometimes when you when you on Twitter and, and when we when we when we discuss these things we, we're saying oh it's, it's where is he going to fit and we and the, and the manager has a has a plan that we don't know yet but when we said what's how's Griezmann going to play with Messi it it actually turned out to be the case. So so obviously yeah. there's really smart obviously there's really smart people doing data analysis that will be able to say to Griezmann, Griezmann, unless you've been told where you're going to play, we don't think this is a good move for you. Like I think it was Kevin De Bruyne who who signed his contract with City um, based off uh, data from uh, Analytics FC, I think it was, and I'm just thinking like unless. Griezmann has a plan and unless Atletico have a plan for him I think no amount of money would make sense right. you know what I mean whereas if they have a plan that 40 million might be the best 40 million you're ever going to spend but but if, if you don't have a plan uh, so so asking us that question I'd love to see Griezmann playing for Atletico and playing well and scoring goals and kind of reliving those when he was uh, amazing five years ago but uh, I I also think that if unless he has a kind of a fixed role and and there's a plan for him to to excel, I think it's kind of pointless and and um, and I think that it opens up. Sorry, asking us that question opens up a wider discussion <laughs> as to players fit, as to plans for players, and I think um, yeah, I, I think I think Spain. Yeah, I think Spain has been a little bit slow to to um, to adopt to adopt the uh, data analysis, and and I think that some of the signings speak to that in terms of oh yeah he's a shiny good nice player sign him because we can rather than but how does he fit don't do yeah don't don't too many teams are asking can they when they are should be asking should they that's <laughs> you know? yeah that's right that's a catchy way to put it Robbie. Uh, and I, I think aging curves as well are very tricky to, to kind of get a grip on because last night in the Champions League, we saw a very old-looking Lionel Messi and a very young-looking Karim Benzema, and they're both in their mid-30s. So you never know with player profiles, and you never, you never know how well these guys take care of themselves, how well their bodies naturally respond to getting older. Griezmann has a lot of miles on his odometer, and he's 30 going on 31, going on 32 next year, and that is that's a tricky age. It's, it's tricky to kind of get a grip on how well he's going to perform. It's tough to project with some players how well they're going to perform at 33, 34, 35. So you just, you just don't know. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and also it's a willingness and I don't think there's, a, there's not, there's no, I mean, Antoine Griezmann, if there's anything you can say about the, the, the man is that he has always um, lived up to his defensive responsibilities and, 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 
So there is, uh, when you talk about Messi, I think that was the wrong environment for him to go into in terms of being asked to, and maybe that's why he chose PSG, because he thought he was going to get a free ride. But free rides <laughs> free rides result in what we saw last night at the yeah. Santiago Bernabeu, and PSG just completely collapsed. But um, yeah, that's a discussion for another uh, podcast. But um, but yeah, I think Griezmann w- is willing to run. And, and again, it's just a matter of, of, of obviously, they'd have all the information on his on his uh, on his physical physical aspects and and, and that um, that side of things but uh, uh, yeah his, his willingness to do it it would be would be I think we can we can say for sure that he is willing to run at least mm-hmm. I gotta ask you speaking about uh, Real Madrid what was the deal with that chair last night that David Alaba was holding up what was the deal yeah, with that yeah it was kind of w- it was kind of weird like usually players are most players kind of uh it, it was like he literally just or not literally it was like he just completely lost the plot like, <laughs> he just he just he just found something picked it up and was like ah! <laughs> uh, yeah like ha- ha- harmless and everything but just kind of like uh yeah wasn't fairness, sure if there though, was any it, other meaning behind it beyond just i need something to pick up right now no, but what's weird was I didn't see it, or sorry, I did see it at the time it happened, but I saw a picture today, Eder Militao had a chair, and I was like, did did he, he pick another one up, or did, did Alaba give him the chair? Like, did, like it's a trophy. Did, <laughs> yeah, like, where was it like a metaphor for something, a white chair, I don't know, like, like uh, uh, David Alaba announcing his candidacy for chairman of I, I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was a yeah silly joke there. Very very uh, strange. Uh, that entire game was so strange. Yet another collapse from PSG. Oh. Who's really surprised at that? Oh my god! Not on. Embarrassing. Yeah, just disgraceful. Uh, a particularly pertinent comment from at Jezza Penguin given the events at Chelsea Football Club uh, today. As much as Saul is his own worst enemy in his head, especially with some of his decision-making off the field, I feel like if there was ever a time to let him come back, this summer is it. Hector Herrera is leaving, Jeffrey Kondogbia needs a backup or competition, and Manu Sanchez could, re- could return to play left-back. So, Robbie, do you think uh, Saul Niguez is going to be a good fit on next year's team? Does he deserve another shot? Should he come back? Yeah, like like uh, saying that he's his own worst enemy is head. I do understand that he he, he he admitted that he was kind of suffering a little bit for a while uh, two seasons ago, but but it's kind of funny how we how we um, how we look at players and we assume that what has happened is going to continue happening, and mm. and, and I think I think that when you look back on a player's uh, career or um, like playing at the very top for for so long. Is is uh, is probably the exception rather than the rule. Like we look at, and and this is kind of what makes Lionel Messi so good. He he was so unbelievably good for so long, and it's so hard to do that. Like you look at um, you look at players like Diego Costa and and uh, I don't know, like Felipe Luis and and things like that. And I don't know why I said Felipe Luis, but players kind of like that. Uh, who who had like amazing spells? Maybe not Felipe. Luis, Juan Fran, a terrible I think. example. Juan Fran's a good example of what, yeah. of what happens. Yeah, like 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 players who 
or, or no, no, sorry, I haven't thought this out well enough. I'm thinking of players <laughs> who had like one or two, like like one or two amazing seasons uh, at the very top, and then just um, uh, or, or or not not a few, five or six amazing seasons, which is a really really good career because, um, like, I I think what what I'm saying is is that's the exception rather than the rule like like maybe five or six excellent seasons because players get injured and it's so demanding on your body and, and that and so will play and I think what we've seen under Diego Simeone is that players do tend to get tired and players do tend to kind of not, not just get tired physically but to get tired of what they're being asked to do and, and they get tired of um, of maybe the monotony of, of playing in, in, in that style um, like we look at Marcelo Bielsa and those players who Absolutely unbelievable, but you, you just get tired of playing under that um, under certain managers. It wears on and you. Yeah. So, yeah, and 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 I'm sorry. My whole point here is what I'm saying is it once you lose it, and once you kind of lose that maybe uh, the, that famous Spanish word, the, uh, that illusion or whatever yes. you want to call it, it's kind of hard to get it back, or it's hard to kind of it's hard to find your place elsewhere. Is what I'm saying. And maybe this is Felipe Luis is good. He was amazing under Diego Simeone. He went and, and everyone thought he was going to be amazing at Chelsea. He went to Chelsea and he was fine for for a little bit, but he he, he came back because he just couldn't find his place there. And yep. I think Saul Niguez, and this is kind of comes back to my point about kind of data data scouting for for a player's best fit. If you go one bad move or one. Um, one down season or one uh, one yeah one down season at, at, at the wrong or one sorry one wrong move or one wrong transfer, and it's really hard to get it back. We've seen that with um, a, a good example is Sandro Ramirez, for example. Mm. He, he he was absolute and 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 uh, yeah he was absolutely amazing with Malaga. With Malaga, Atletico nearly bought him. If they hadn't been transfer banned, they would have bought him. Ex- exactly, he was uh, he was moments or minutes away from signing with Atletico yep. and he didn't and he ended up like his career has been just downhill ever since you look at uh, players like that and I, I, I had another one in my head just before I said Sandro um, Vitolo Vitolo was amazing at, at Sevilla he yep. moved to Atletico and it just didn't work for him he couldn't find his place he couldn't fit in um, and, 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 and my point on that is that it's just so hard to kind of uh, regain that confidence, regain that, uh, um, uh, yeah, that that the, the coach's belief in you once you lose it, and maybe he he just got tired of Simeone's tactics and needed a change and didn't make the right one at Chelsea, perhaps, and might struggle now to 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 get back to to. Or maybe his best is what was before. We all assumed that his best was going to come when he was twenty-eight. Maybe we we already saw his best. It's certainly um, possible. Sure. You know, yeah. it's hard to reach the top level. It's even harder to sustain excellence, right? It's even harder to stay at that level. And mm. Sowell's best years came 2015, 2016, 2017, 18. He hasn't been the same player, quite the same player since. And there were a host of reasons that we've written and talked about over the years that Simeone uh, preferred him out on a wing or out at left wing back or at left back, didn't view him as the strongest option in the center of the park, even though that's where Sal really wanted to play. It was a difficult situation, and I think both player and coach needed a change of scenery, a breath of fresh air, um, some, some time away from one another. 
and I think Atletico economically uh, would probably view it the con uh, with with good eyes, Robbie. Con buenos ojos, uh, <laughs> they would view it with good eyes to sell Saul this summer because they could make a profit on him. You know, if you can make 30, 40 million euros on him, particularly if you're not competing in the Champions League next year, Atletico will look to do that. But I think. Um, our commenter is right. I think there is a, a good chance to reintegrate Sal because Atletico do need an extra midfielder and Atletico do need uh, some of the attitude and the spirit that Sal brought, uh, even if the, the form didn't necessarily correspond with it. That's also a tricky one. And I will be very interested to see what the plan is. Chelsea are not going to buy him. Chelsea can't really buy anybody right now as all their assets have been frozen. Uh, yikes. And, and Sal's wages are also a potential stumbling block to a transfer. I think it's certainly possible that he's reintegrated next year, especially if Manu Sanchez comes back to back up Reynildo or, or back up Renan Lodi because he's been very good at Osasuna. Yeah, and this is actually another point about... Um... And we're talking specifically about Saul, and I don't know if our listeners listen to uh, Ben Taylor's Thinking Basketball, but he talks about portability in soccer, and and I and I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Like, um, uh, um and he defines portability as um, kind of scaling. We'll say, yeah, it's basically scalability, and 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 with with a player like Saul, not not so much portability but sustainability there's certain positions that it's so hard to do it for long like you can be you like a and i know it's kind of obvious to, like a goalkeeper it's easier to sustain uh, the physical levels for longer or maybe yeah. a center back because you're not doing as much running but saul was a hard running um uh, no nonsense midfielder uh who who just got tired basically <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's kind of sustainability. It's just difficult, and he might never get that back. So, and and this is also what makes um, transfer. I'll, I'll call it trading, but trading players and transferring players is so hard because you have to sell at the point where he's right. Uh, he's reached his peak, or uh, if you're a selling club, and likewise, you have to buy play, the right players to replace them when they're coming. Depending on your model, right? You have to buy the right players. Uh, uh, that are able to contribute what you need them to contribute at the right time, or else it just turns into a complete failure. And and I just I think that's a it's, a, it's an interesting question and, and thing for like if you if you basically what I'm saying is if you want to bring Saul back and to be the exact same Saul in the exact same system, then no, it doesn't work because Saul's not the same. He's changed. He's gone to the Premier League, and okay, he might still have the same. Um, the same uh, skill set and technical ability, but football has changed. You can't just replicate, and this is what Simeone has found so hard over the last couple of years. You can't just keep replicating the same thing. You have to change, and you have to. And some players just don't adapt well in, in, into the way that football is being played. And and mm-hmm. and uh, sorry, I'm not saying that about Saul, but I'm just saying that about in terms of sustainability. Can he keep up that intensity, that level for? this many years and it turns at the moment the answer to that question is no and i, and I think sal is a pretty good test case for this actually robbie because sal was one of the brightest lights one of atletico's top young players when they were playing that older style that they cannot play anymore we have seen this over the past couple of years whenever simeone has tried to revert to it it ends poorly let's say it ends poorly so the the potential fit 
beyond whether Atletico can do anything with him in terms of selling him or not or loaning him out again or not, uh, the actual fit, if they choose to reintegrate him, is going to be very interesting to see because not really sure what his best position is. Is it as a, can Dog be a backup? Is it as an attacking player who, like, in the mold of DePaul, could he be competing for Koke and DePaul's minutes? I don't know. Not really sure what kind of player he is anymore. And that's that's part of the issue. That's part of why this is such an interesting debate. Yeah, and, and, and then it comes back again to what I said at the start, is that it, whether or not Diego Simeone is going to be there. And I think if Diego Simeone does stay, there's going to have to be a concerted effort to evolve and not evolve on the fly, but 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 evolve um, in the summer and yeah. work towards work towards building a squad with that evolution in mind. Simeone has stumbled upon something we think, as we discussed in the last podcast. Diego Simeone has stumbled on something, but we're three quarters of the way through the season, and he's stumbled on it by by iterating over and over again uh, this needed to be done in the summer how are we going to play uh, and and look it mightn't have worked and it might have need kind of tweaks but large scale changes in the middle of the season um, belie an underlying malfunctioning of the system and we saw that this season mm-hmm. and and if Atletico are to improve under Diego Simeone or sorry or, or to continue with Diego Simeone there needs to be a concerted effort from from the board uh, all the way down through down to Simeone and and, and, and a, a team effort to build a squad that he that he believes and that they back him to to implement that uh, he believes is going to win Atletico La Liga which is going to get Atletico Madrid to a semi-final and which is going to compete on all other fronts that they're that they're involved in so um so yeah I think that um a, a lot of my answers are are kind of caveated with the, the, the like what what are Atletico trying to do here I don't know that I don't think they know that and until we do know that I think th- these transfer questions need to be um need to kind of be tempered with 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 that caveat at, at the start well, a question about Atletico's uh, future on the touchline, Robbie, from at Kutskuba. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who would you rather have coach Atleti in the future, Gabby or Thiago? Oh, um, I I haven't really seen much of either. I know Thiago was involved with Atletico before, and Gabby is back now. But um, in terms of the way that they played. I guess Thiago was the more cerebral player. He was more of a thinker on the field, and Gabby was kind of more. He knew where to be, and he knew how to. Uh, he knew how to uh, work his way into games, and he knew how to kind of interpret the game pretty well. But I think Thiago, in terms of his, his, um, and also in terms of Thiago's experiences he played at Chelsea for a long time and got to experience a couple of different managers there and got to play under Simeone and has now uh, continued his coaching career at Letico and uh, or, I, I don't actually know where he is now where is Thiago now uh, last you know? I, I think he might be working with one of the Portugal youth teams but he he had a job uh, with Vitoria Guimarães a uh, year and a half ago two years ago it did not last long it was not successful Okay. Yeah. Well, these are the kind of things that happen, and I don't think it necessarily means that. Um, sure. That he's not going to be a good manager, but uh, 
because those, those kind of lower uh, those those roles at youth teams and at lower leagues tend to be actually sometimes harder because you're trying to implement a a, a structure and a style with it with a very with a lot of variability like you, at at an elite level you can at least um be guaranteed of a certain uh, uh perform level of performance from the players where at youth levels players are just they're still developing and they could go out one day and be absolutely amazing and the next day be just completely uh, do a PSG on it like yeah. so it, 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 it actually might be harder to implement your ideas at those levels but yeah that's um, I'd probably pick Thiago but that was but that's just based on their playing styles and their experiences but I don't actually know what their philosophies are or would be yeah, Gabby is is still getting his his coaching licenses and taking all the re- the requisite and required courses, so he doesn't officially have a position yet, like someone like Fernando Torres does. It's a good question uh, because, as you've said, we there's a lot of information that we would need that we don't really have because it's not there, it's not available. Tiago coached three games in Portugal before resigning, and Gabby has not taken a, a top flight job or. Uh, he hasn't led one of Atletico's youth teams yet, uh, and Torres is the top assistant with the under-19s. So I would probably say Torres, even though it wasn't part of the question. I'm picking a third option. I'm, I'm picking the wild card, Torres, uh, because he's actually in the setup right now, and I think what Atletico might be planning, uh, and I don't have any insider info on this. This is not a like a Chiringuito exclusiva, but what I think Atletico might be considering is Torres eventually stepping in as the long-term Cholo replacement. He's already on the fast track, whereas Gabby is still getting his licenses, and Tiago, last I heard, was in Portugal and not directly affiliated with the club. Yeah, I I think um, based on the information you just said there, and, and this is just uh, like my bias or my the way that I'm looking at it is just these kind of uh, uh, like archetypes of, of uh, I, 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 uh, I struggle to think of too many attackers who were who, who turned into excellent coaches yeah a lot it's of the most successful of, coaches were defenders yeah, or central midfielders there were, num- yep. there were number fours Pep Guardiola's uh, players like this and Klopp even was a midfielder and Simeone of course and, um, and yeah, Conti like, was uh, a defender you know yeah and and the attackers, strikers, are a little bit more egotistical, which can be good. But as a manager, you need to have that kind of discipline, and I think that's probably why you 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 see so many attackers and and then defenders probably don't have the imagination. So that midfield is that number four position is perfect for having to read the game and and, and things like that. So that's why I'm picking Thiago. But that's I also fair. just two things, just two things on that. Torres. Yeah, obviously an excellent option. Might be a little bit too close to Atletico. Might be a little bit too ideal in that people would be putting too many expectations yeah. on him. Secondly, I must say I like a little bit of anger and a little bit of kind of personality. So Thiago stepping down after three games, there's something about that. There's there's a principled <laughs> man in there. And I, that's, I, like, I like that. I know it might seem a little bit crazy, but... Give me crazy any day of the week, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from Danny Atletico, uh, who do we prefer? He wants to know who we prefer as a Luis Suarez replacement. A young forward with high potential 
or a 30 and over proven and experienced player. Now, there have been some rumors in recent days that I think we can try to integrate into uh, the debate over this question, Robbie. Uh, Lautaro Martinez has been linked with Atletico yet again, uh, as has Paulo Dybala, available on a free transfer this summer. Uh, he's not exactly a number nine, but he's been linked with Atletico for years. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, as well, uh, was mentioned in the Barcelona papers this morning uh, if Manchester City do decide to sell him this summer. So those are three potential options. But generally speaking, Robbie, which kind of player profile uh, would you prefer should Suarez depart this summer? Yeah, I think I think that the my own bias again coming into this as as expected. It's a I'm, it's a opinion I'm given, but um, I, I I do like the idea of Gabriel Jesus in that he's kind of dynamic uh, and he. He, he a little bit like Angel Correa in that he's yeah he's dynamic and agile and 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 can create space for himself in the box use his speed to to kind of break open defenses so that's that's purely from a a more uh, maybe visual more enjoyable to watch perspective um but 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 in terms of like playing the likes of uh, Getafe on a, on a on a Monday night in in the, in the Coliseum <laughs> You you want that kind of wily striker to just get your goals and score your goals. So I think ideally, and this is a bit of a cop out, you'd have both, and you'd be able you'd be able to alternate them between the two. But it's all kind of predicated on how Atletico are going to play. But uh, I mean, in La Liga, given given La Liga as it currently is, a thirty something would get would get by. Um, and 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 score you probably 12 15 goals but i think the the, the problem with signing a, an older player and it not working out it's there's no redeeming qualities to the transfer right. whereas if you sign a young guy you sign a young guy who's fast and energetic and dynamic and mobile and there, there's there's room for growth and he might be able to facilitate in another way so i'd probably pick someone like um a gabriel jesus or or uh or someone like that i think we've seen this year with mateus cunha uh his even when he's not scoring goals, he has way, way. Uh, he has a lot defensively. Like you look at, uh, I just did an article the other day actually on NSU and he offers so much defensively or as a kind of a defensive striker, which is a uh, which which is always a kind of a term that depressed me because being a defensive striker is kind of like being it's, the. It's like oxymoronic. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, like. Uh, but it's kind of more like okay, we're going to play you up front, but you're useless. So you're <laughs> actually a defender. <laughs> so it's, yes. kind of, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I think it's a sad term, really. But uh, and 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 like uh, when you think of defensive strikers, you're like, well, that's one sad existence. But anyway, Enesunal <laughs> offering all that defensively, uh, defensive uh, output, but also now starting to bang in the goals he's the kind of guy who you'd love to have on your team who you can get behind and would probably suit an Atletico Madrid uh, the fan base and, and the kind of the, the, the qualities of the club would say I don't think it's a coincidence that all three of those guys are South American uh, Lautaro and Dybala are both Argentinian Gabriel Jesus Brazilian uh, and the the deal with Suarez was something that really happens once a decade right that's a situation that you cannot bank on repeating that's that was a transfer and a market opportunity that you only get when the selling club is in crisis, which Barcelona were, and it it that essentially gifted Atletico a title and a legendary forward for nothing. So you can't really yeah. bank on a situation like that happening again. So ideally, you want to look for someone you can build around, someone who can be a foundational piece, 
a younger forward who doesn't have quite so many you know, miles on their odometer, to repeat the phrase I used with the Griezmann analysis. Uh, and yeah. Go, go ahead. No, sorry, I was just going to say, and also those kind of storybook uh, narratives don't tend to end well. It's kind of like what I'm thinking, like, with, 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 it's kind of like what I was trying to express in a, in a recent podcast we talked about, Diego Simeone. It was always going to end this way because, mm. because, because Luis Suarez came to Atletico. Unbelievable helping Atletico win La Liga. It, it was just so perfect. In Hollywood, what would have happened, he would have left, sailed off into the sunset, and we would have been just looking going, wow, incredible, what a storyline. Someone write a book or, or make a movie out of that. But that's not how it works, because Luis Suarez still thinks, I'm going to keep going. It's like Marcelo Bielsa. He should have left in the summer at Leeds. For, it was perfect. He, he, the story was just perfect. But that's not how these guys think. They always think that they can do more, especially when they've just been successful. And and I think that that's why these stories are inevitable. They they, they sorry, the, the the crappy endings are inevitable. Luis Suarez was never going to go to MLS after he scored double digit goals in La Liga and helped Atletico to win because it, it's seen as why would he like yeah why would he and it's also seen as um uh why. There would have been criticism of him for doing that. He still had more. He just oh, he's going to go and retire in MLS and stuff like this. Um, and 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 people would have been left. Oh, he didn't want it enough and stuff like that. So they're thinking, no, no, I'm going to drain every. Like I remember Chicharito crying out when he left Sevilla because he was like, and he sent a message to his dad or something like that, or or it was a voice message that was leaked or or something, or maybe. Yeah, he he said to his dad, "Our European dream is over, Dad." Mm. Like these yep. guys, these guys dream of playing in, at the at the uh, in, in Europe, and they drain every single last drop out of it. Because, like I said about Saul, we don't know. Like th- th- you can't just decide, oh, "I'm going to take six months or a year off," or "Oh, I'm going to go here and rebuild my career." Because you don't get you don't get to decide, <laughs> and you have to just take it. Take when the good times are rolling, you just have to keep rolling with them until they until they until stop they, rolling. Exactly, you know? and they 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 tend to stop rolling quicker than than you than you probably like, and um. So yeah, that's uh that's my 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 point on the, the Suarez thing and, and the signing an older player in, in that uh, it's probably yeah it, it if you sign a young guy there's kind of more. The chance that you can do something with him after, but with Suarez or, or an older guy, you're, it, it could get a little bit more messy. And that's why my top choice would be a younger forward, probably someone like Lautaro, who was having put aside his Golazzo against Liverpool the other day, a tremendous goal, just really out of nothing, mm. nearly got them back into that tie. Uh, Lautaro yeah. is now working on three straight seasons with at least 14 goals in Serie A, scored 17 last year as they won the league. Uh, his defensive contribution and, and ability in the air, uh, with his work rate and his finishing ability are all qualities that Simeone wants in his forwards. It's why Atletico fought so hard to try to sign Lautaro five years ago but couldn't get a deal over the line with Rossing. Simeone will know him because he played at, both players played at Rossing. That's where they cut their teeth. So he, he makes sense from a Simeone POV from Atletico's point of view. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Inter this summer. We'll see if they're forced into selling again, uh, where they end up in in the title race in Serie A. They're already out of Europe. 
now uh, it's Inter is trying to reestablish itself as a destination in a league that has been monopolized by Juve for years. Dybala is a really interesting case too because he he's not a nine. He's not the the traditional center forward type, um, but he's a player who's also been high on Berta and Simeone's uh, wish list for years, and he's got seasons in his pocket in his career where he has, you know, he's got a 19-goal season, a 22-goal season in Serie A. He can score goals. Uh, and I, I think available on a free, that's a, a market opportunity Atletico will certainly like to explore. Gabriel Jesus um, as well, not really sure what his position is because I think Guardiola has been trying to convert him into a winger. He's only got a couple of goals this year, and he's never really been a, a 20-25 goal uh score that he's never been really that that type of killer nine that Atletico will probably look for yeah and uh, like the problem with Atletico is depending on how they're going to play is right if it, like like a player who scores 25 goals in with, with a team you could probably kind of cut 30% of that off Atletico which which isn't bad 30% of 25 is like I don't know 8, 16 uh, something we're, like that we're doing maths on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I picked the worst numbers, like 25 <laughs> of 25. Like, that's just so complicated. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, but uh, like, so so a player maybe like Andre Silva is someone who, who, I, who I might like. Or a Rafael Santos Borre, who, who um, not not like out-and-out goal scorers, which, would be, which might be a problem for Atletico, but they, they kind of contribute more with assists. And, and given the fact that Atletico's attack is more of a collective effort rather than just one out-and-out goal merchant, um, maybe that might help and kind of overall play. But again, this is all if Simeone stays and whether they're going to what tactics they play and, and how they what they decide to do in the summer but maybe someone like uh uh and also i think we've seen Macuna too that in the brief kind of spells but we were both quite complimentary of him when he did when we did see him play i think that um the, the translation or the transition from the bundesliga to La Liga is good and that's the way football is going now everything is being played in transition and, and, and the more players you can get coming from the Bundesliga I think the better mm, uh, and, uh, because they're used to that phys- that style and, and that uh, playing in quick transitions pressing high up the field and I think that's something that I'd be looking at too and, and there, Andre Silva is someone who kind of frustrates but also he's got something and, and I think the, the fact that Leipzig were looking at him and signed him and the uh, Andre Silva sorry that's Andre Silva and Santos Borre who Atletico liked and looked and had for a while before he went back to, to Argentina I think uh, they're the kind of players who, who I, I would be kind of taking a look at not not those specific players I don't know how much they cost what their contracts look like but they're the kind of players who I think would be more suited to Atletico than than like a an out and out number nine or, or something like that we've got time for one more question uh, from Chuck at Cape 8 who would be the the best center back targets for Atletico to sign in the summer transfer window and I think the answer to this question will, will be dependent on whether Simeone stays or not whether the club chooses to sign defenders in that mold or more ball-playing type center backs like Mario Hermoso. But what do you think? Who should Atletico be targeting to reinforce a central defense that needs it in the summer? Yeah, I'd probably go with... Uh, Atletico were actually linked with him in, in the summer. Uh, Jorge Cuenca is 22. He'll be 20. Oh, yeah, he'll be 22. 
two in the summer too. Um, his birthday is in November. Uh, he he's a player playing with Catafe at the moment, mm-hmm. and Atletico were linked with him. I believe Atletico were linked with him. Uh, he's been linked with a lot of the big clubs. I, I'd probably go with a player like that, uh, who can kind of do both. And and another player who who I really who every time I watch him, and I know that this is um. This is kind of hard, to, and I, I, I'm saying this based off nothing, uh, other than the fact that I like the look of him and I like the style of player that he is. But Caglar uh, uh, Sayunko, the the Leicester City centre back with the long hair, um, yeah, yeah, I, I I love that style of a player, and 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 Leicester are another team who sign really really good players. Like Wesley Fofana is going to be an absolute star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Soyunko is a player who Atletico were linked with before he signed with Leicester. He's 25. And he just has this uh, kind of... Um, well, he's got this leadership. He's also really, really physical. And he loves playing football. And I think that he's the kind of player who... He's the kind of defender that's hard to find in that he can. he's willing to do it all. And... Uh, takes risks, which is fair enough. But I, I, I think he's the kind of player Atletico should find. And maybe, maybe that's another, um, maybe that's another uh, series we should do. Try and find a couple of players who 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 we like and find uh, clusters of those players. And then, uh, like, like for example, just I'll I'll, I'll do this really quickly here. That's uh, transfer. That was transfer markets. Uh, so yeah, play. Oh, oh, okay. So centre backs on Football Reference who are similar to Kaglar Sayunku. The first name on the list is Stefan Savage, and then you've got like uh, who else? Anyone we know there? Joseph Idu, Aritz Elostando from Real Sociedad, yep. Adam Webster, uh, Mari Pan. Remember Mari Pan? Yeah, he's in Monaco now, I think. Yeah, yeah, he he was linked with. I remember was he, he's who did he he played for Alaves? I think several. Yeah, Alaves, big, I think yeah, several big Alaves. teams wanted him. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Barcelona wanted him before he moved from Alaves to 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 Monaco. I think that uh, Barcelona wanted him. So that's a that's an interesting one. But yeah, players like Soyuncu and um, uh, yeah, it would be my would be would be who I'd be thinking of in in terms mm. of. Uh, he's a nice kind of template or prototype for what the, the kind of player who I like enjoy watching and think would be well suited to Atletico. And the top comparison is Savage. That's not a that's not a bad comp, not at all. Um, you mentioned El Estando, and he's a guy I would be interested in signing. Uh, Robin Lenormand as well, who I think is really really good, but also very expensive. I think his release clause is seventy five million, and La Real have a tendency to keep those guys around long term. So those guys are probably out, but they would be on my shopping list. Uh, David Garcia from Osasuna is a really, really good center back. Very rugged, tough, scores goals, really, really good in the air. Kind of a, an archetypal, old-school Chilismo center back. Uh, not sure how good he is with the ball at his feet, but he is definitely good in all other aspects in terms of positioning, cutting out passes, heading the ball uh, toward goal or away from it. Uh, I think he's Osasuna's, one of Osasuna's top scorers this year. He's got a few, uh, I think, three or four goals to his name. Uh, Attila Salai as well, who's playing at Fenerbahce. Um, I haven't watched much Fenerbahce this year, but I watched him at the Euros uh, last year with Hungary. And he's like 6'4", 200 pounds, and he was just amazing (laughs) over the Euros with Hungary. He was just clearing everything out of the way. He was all over the place. Uh, And 24 years old, left-footed, and you wrote this last year about Hermoso, left-footed center backs are a real commodity now. 
uh, especially if they can move the ball well at their feet. So those are a few names that stuck out to me right away in terms of players who Atletico could recruit. Ideally, you want someone who can play with with, with ball at his feet because uh, modern center backs, a lot like defensemen in ice hockey, um, you need to be able to move the puck. You need to be able to move the ball. You need to be able to progress it forward and contribute to to all phases of the buildup. Uh, so ideally you want someone who checks all those boxes, but those guys are like Virgil van Dyke are very tough to find and they're very expensive. So you need to do it in stages. So Salai, Elustando, Dava Garcia, guys like that would be toward the top of my list. Look, look, look at us here. I, I've referenced NBA basketball. You've referenced hockey. We're, yeah. we're poly deportivo. We're poly deportivo <laughs> here. <This is> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Poly deportivo, Colchonero or poly. Yeah, sorry, I can't. I can't think of anything witty enough to fit in without. I, I could. I might be able to think of something. <laughs> I'd end up embarrassing myself before I kind of hit on something that worked. So I'll, uh, I'll save that for my own brain here. <laughs> <laughs> Workshop it a little bit. Go back to the lab. <laughs> exactly. Oh. oh man. Yeah. So yeah, I think that pretty much covers the mailbag. We want to thank everyone once again uh, for the uh, rousing reception when we asked for questions. Uh, those were some good ones, Robbie. Uh, we want to thank you all again, and we should try to do this again soon. If not before the end of the season, then certainly we'll do one over the summer. Definitely, yeah. And that'll do it for us on this edition of the show. Uh, we will be back this weekend uh, to talk about Atletico's next game home to Cadiz on Friday night. Uh, a very, very injured Atletico Madrid uh, taking on uh, 18th place Cadiz. Uh, Robbie, thank you so much for joining me on this special edition of the show. No problem at all, Jeremy, and we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on Friday or Saturday for the Caddies game. We'll speak to you all then. Adios.